I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is someone who is not new to the studio, but uh, always has really exciting news to share with us. The President and Chief Executive of the Music School of Delaware, Kate Ransom. Welcome, Kate. Thank you, Paul. So glad to have you here today uh, to share uh, what the Music School has been doing lately. And uh, But to put it into context, as, as part of the Division of the Arts 30th anniversary year, we're kind of looking at the history of some of our organizations as well. Um, let's go back to the beginning, 1924. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the Music School of Delaware. Well, um, the Music School of Delaware has quite an amazing history. First of all, it's got longevity because the centennial of the school is approaching in 2025. The initial um, planning for the school was a group of individuals in the community in the Wilmington area who wanted to, I think, stop trekking to Philadelphia to experience music and I think it was a lot of adults, and they also saw the benefit of music for youth, music for everyone. And so they got together, and they worked with a group called the Wilmington Music Commission, which you know had some political clout behind it, and they created the Wilmington Music School in 1924. And I believe the doors opened in January 1925. There were several locations of the school, but um, it took up its current residence at Washington Street and Lee Boulevard when a building was erected to suit its purpose for the first time. So that was 1959 when we first had, the school first had its own home, which was basically a rectangular brick building with two stories of small studios for private instruction and a beautiful 300-seat concert hall attached to that. So from the get-go, the mission of the school was to be accessible for all and also to be excellent. And for the first 30 years of the school, the faculty actually was the faculty of the Curtis Institute of Music, one of the supreme uh, premier uh, conservatories of music in the world Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. So we shared the same string faculty. The Curtis String Quartet was our string faculty And that kind of established the quality of the instruction that was going to be the heritage of the school and which is sustained today. Phenomenal faculty today of 90 expert artists, instructors, pedagogical experts and performing artists. They are very devoted to teaching. Um, We have faculty members who've been on the faculty 20, 30, 40, and one has recently passed 50 years. Mm. They are wonderfully experienced, but also devoted to the experience of music for anyone and for everyone. So each year we graduate a few students who are going to go on to become professional musicians, and they go to on to attend the premier institutions for higher education and music training. But basically, the bulk of our of our uh, student population is generalist. They're doing this out of love of the experience, and it's an enhancement to their life. Um, we have students from 185 public and private schools. We have homeschoolers, and we have about 300 adults. Wow! Wow! Now you mentioned the the uh, the building that you occupy today, 1959. Uh, so that's clearly one of the milestones uh, in the in the growth of the Music School of Delaware since 1959. I believe you've had an addition, a significant addition. Uh, there to have the building. been yes, that's correct. The the Music School of Delaware, formerly the Wilmington Music School, 
which merged in 2008 with the Delaware Music School, which is a school that was based in Milford, which is now our Milford branch. Mm-hmm. And, and now we call the Wilmington Music School, we call it the Wilmington branch. So we have had two capital expansions of the Wilmington branch. The first one was in 1997, and that added really important uh, additional studio space to accommodate more private instruction, some larger spaces for ensembles, chamber music and larger ensembles, and also two classrooms specialized for early childhood music education, which has become a real um, area of expertise for us. So these were very important additions in 1997 and allowed the school to expand, uh, hire more instructors, um, fulfill its early childhood program uh, initiatives at that time, and, um, and was really accommodating the growth pattern that was, you know, in demand on, on the part of the community. So then we, again, were sort of, you know, bursting at the seams mm-hmm. by, uh, the, by 2005. And so we started embarking on another expansion project. And this was after I was already at the school. Um, and we built a new wing, again, to provide more accommodation for expanded programming. And we did our ribbon cutting for that in 2008. And it has been Im- incredibly important space for our burgeoning Suzuki Academy, where we teach the Suzuki method to about 125 families. Our um, creation of the Delaware Youth Symphony Orchestra, uh, the Delaware Women's Chorus. So all of these programs you know, needed to be able to function in larger spaces and medium-sized spaces, and we just simply didn't have the room. So um, that has been a great enhancement for the community so that more people can experience the music excellence provided by the Music School of Delaware. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that that uh, one of the core components of, of your mission is is excellence in, in music instruction. Um, but I, I think the, the Music School of Delaware also uh, is deserving of kudos for its its excellence in in organizational management. You are one of the, correct me if I'm wrong, the only music school in the country that is statewide. That's, is that correct? That's correct. And also nationally accredited. We are nationally accredited. About 16 <clears throat> independent schools like ours are accredited. There are probably at least 600 community arts schools around the country. That sounds like a lot, but when you think about how vast the territory mm-hmm. of the United yeah. States is, those are really just dotted here and there. So, for example, the, the closest uh, community art schools to the Music School of Delaware are Settlement Music School, one mm-hmm. of the great-grandfather organizations of our field, and it's in Philadelphia. That's a trek. The people who access that school are not the people who live in the region that we right, serve. Right. Looking south, the next place you'll find a similar school would be the Levine School in Washington, D.C. Um, there are other smaller schools dotted here and there, but mm-hmm. basically this means that we are a regional uh, resource mm-hmm. for, for families and individuals looking for music excellence in, to pursue whatever orchestral instrument they want to study, uh, electric guitar, voice, whatever, um, keyboards, whatever Mm -hmm. uh, genre they want to study, we are there for everyone. So we serve residents that come from all of Delaware, as well as from 
Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New, Jer- New Jersey. Now, you're, you're talking about the, the breadth of programming. How has that grown over time? You mentioned that the uh, string quartet, I think it was, from uh, the Curtis School were the original instructors. What, what was the teaching core at that time uh, compared to today and the range of instruction between then mm-hmm. and now? Right. Well, um, there have been some consistencies, I would say, and there have been some expansions. So the school has always taught strings and piano at a very high level. And then, of course, the woodwinds and and the brass, the band instruments, percussion and uh, and voice also were added along the way. Um, so we still have that. It's the core of what we do. And I would say the core of what we do is probably still mostly classical music. But we have definitely expanded to have what we call the studio, which is to teach rock, jazz, and folk. So we teach instruments like banjo or electric guitar, a jazz voice, and so forth. So our programming has expanded genre-wise, I would say. The fundamentals are the same. If you want to enjoy the experience of music making to the best degree you can. You need to learn how to do it properly, and you need to learn from a teacher who can guide you to do that. So the fundamentals of learning a guitar, whether it's an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar, are basically to do it correctly and do it well, and that enhances the experience. So our definition of excellence is that the student is having an excellent experience fulfilling their own goals. Or as as some instructor I once heard say, practice only makes perfect if you practice perfectly. (laughs) That's that's a good point. Uh, Now, now in terms of your instructors, uh, I I think our our listeners would be intrigued to know that they're not just music teachers. Many of them are professional musicians out there performing with various symphonies and ensembles. And Could could you speak to the, the range of expertise that your instructors have, not just in instruction, but also in performance? Yes, it, um, the quality of the instruction is superb, and many of them are active performing artists. And so they do populate organizations like the Delaware Symphony Orchestra or, say, Melomanie, which is a, a wonderful ensemble based in Delaware, um, the Seraphim String Quartet, mm-hmm. and other ensembles like this. Um, we definitely have the representation. We pull our teachers also from as far away as Philadelphia and Baltimore. Um, and actually, I think we have one teacher who's commuting from New York City. But most of our teachers reside in the Wilmington or the Milford area. And... Um, so the quality is just really, really superb. We feature our faculty performers in a series called The Music Masters. And um, it's um, about approximately once a month we'll hold a program at the Wilmington Branch Concert Hall. And, if, and a couple of times a year we'll hold a program in the recital room at our Milford Branch. And I should mention we also did an expansion and renovation of a space in Milford so that we could stay downtown in Milford. And when we did that, we created a beautiful recital room um, that seats about 65 people and, and has a nice Steinway piano. It's perfect for our needs at this time. So the Music Masters, it presents our faculty performers and um, sometimes their colleagues, guests will join for those performances. We have a, a next one coming up on Wednesday night, May 8th. So we do Wednesday night programming at 7 p.m., 
And um, this one is called Seraphim String Quartet and Friends, but it is a wonderful representation of our faculty with Amos Fayette playing violin, Jenya Maslov, and Louise, uh, Luigi Matsoki as a guest also playing violin. Maria Russo will play viola, and Lilia Maslov will be our pianist on this program, as well as the Seraphim String Quartet. So eclectic programming played at a high level mm-hmm. and nice chance to collaborate mm-hmm. and showcase and share our performing uh, artist faculty with the community. Mm-hmm. I, I want to turn to the kinds of students that you draw into your programs, but first let me remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is the Chief Executive and President of the Music School of Delaware, Kate Ransom. Kate, um, you've you've referenced the early childhood programs uh, and I and adult programs. What is the range of students age? Age-wise, geographically, where, where do you draw from? Uh, age-wise, it's literally everyone. So we have uh, programs that serve infants with a parent or caregiver, and then we have a progressive curriculum f- from that age going forward. Our, our early childhood music program is highly specialized to be age-appropriate and progressive. So, And they the early childhood program can take them up to about age six. Overlapping that is our Suzuki Academy, so... In the Suzuki method, it is a uh, rote, imitative mes- method in the beginning to get the child set up comfortably and learning their oral skills, learning to listen and um, you know pitch recognition and that sort of thing. So um, literally a violin student could start around age two and a cello student maybe around age four or five. Um, the fractional-sized instruments make that possible. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, they can't play full-sized instruments. Right. But So that overlaps with the early childhood, but it sort of addresses uh, families that have a different focus in what they want out of music for their children. So then it goes right on up through with every instrument around age five or six. We, we will take piano students around age five or six. Again, child has to have the self-control, but they also have to have they have to be grown enough to handle an mm-hmm. instrument. So typically, you'll see the brass instruments come into play later on, maybe around age nine, mm-hmm. maybe eight or nine for trumpet, and a little bit later for the heavier instruments like trombone and horn and mm-hmm. so forth. So it progresses right on up. I would say the biggest gap we have in terms of an, a group that we serve less would be college-age students. Mm -hmm. They typically will go up through high school in our program, then they go off to school Mm -hmm. um, and pursue whatever field they're going to pursue. And they may continue their music. Many of them do, uh, either either seeking a professional uh, line through college or as a sideline for them with their other studies. Then we serve a lot of adults. I will say that we're very excited to be rolling out next fall a partnership program with Wilmington University. Hmm. So we have created a couple of courses that we are giving for college credit. So say a high school senior or a junior could take it or a college level uh, student or an adult student who's taking college courses can sign up for credit for these courses. And once they complete the course in accordance with the music school's uh, criteria, 
then Wellington University will automatically take those transfer credits. Wow, so that's great. It's a new venture yeah. for us, and it, and it addresses an area that we haven't been serving. Yeah. Now, it, you, you've also uh, touched on some, uh, you mentioned your faculty uh, performances uh, open to the public. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, the music school, both in Milford and in Wilmington, both branches, uh, are great opportunities to hear some wonderful music by you know, accomplished students and faculty. Uh, speak a little bit about the various ensemble programs that you have that are available to the public. So the Music School of Delaware is actually probably one of the largest presenting organizations in the state of Delaware. We present over 110 public performances every year. Most of those feature our students, either in student recitals um, or in ensembles. Uh, say the Delaware Youth Symphony Orchestra performs several times a year. Um, chamber music groups will perform. And then we have adult ensembles that perform also, like the Wilmington Community Orchestra and our Delaware Women's Chorus. In Milford, we have the Cantabile Women's Chorus, and we have a student group called the uh, First State Strings, String Ensemble. Sorry, Milford String Ensemble. So um, there's a lot of variety. We also have some other smaller groups like a cello choir and um, rock band, uh, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of diversity in the student performances that take place. And most of those concerts, almost all those student performances are free of charge. Mm -hmm. But they are exciting and they're, and they're, it's wonderful to hear the young people performing proficiently at whatever level mm -hmm. they are at. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you when they get up to be uh, high school kids, uh, freshmen and sophomores in high school, they are stunning players, some of these, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of these young musicians. Mm -hmm. So that's the student component. And then, of course, the faculty perform frequently presented by the music school and throughout the state. So, I mean, we even pl play at the Freeman stage most summers and participate in the parks mm -hmm. concerts and so forth. Mm -hmm. So we're everywhere mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's intentional mm -hmm. and our, and we're accessible because the, the ticket price, if it's not free, is very nominal. Right. Now, uh, for these various ensembles, I, I presume they rehearse outside of any regular private instruction time. And if so, I mean, that scheduling must be quite a quite a logistical feat. Yeah, so we've beefed up our student <laughs> chamber music program over the last few years. And yeah, that is a feat of scheduling. <laughs> and, uh, um, and we owe a debt of gratitude to the faculty who handle that and our and our dean uh, who oversee the coordination of all of that uh, between four busy families and busy instructors. So that's true. And as far as the faculty collaborations go, I think it's a delight for them. I think they really look forward to being able to connect with one another musically and um, share excitement around a piece of repertoire that they want to explore together and then share with the community. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned the May 8th concert with the Seraphim String Quartet. Any other upcoming programs for our public to, to know about? Well, there are always programs coming up, so I won't even try to enumerate them. Right. There also will be, later in May, there will be a Music Masters concert in Milford on uh, May 21st, and it will also feature a wonderful array of our faculty. The best way to find out is just visit the school's website and look at the uh, calendar of activities, and that is musicschoolofdelaware.org, all spelled out, musicschoolofdelaware.org, or you could get information by phone, 302-762-1132. 
Great. We, we've got a couple of minutes left, so I, I, I'd like to uh, ask you this. Um, you mentioned early on that, that you know, some of your students go on to some of the most prestigious you know, uh, music conservatories and whatnot. For those who don't, talk about the value of music education uh, for, for the general student. Well, um, the merits are so phenomenal for anyone. And um, I didn't even mention that we also offer music therapy and serve lots and lots of people with sort of special circumstances, disabilities of various kinds. But for every person, music has an expressive value that is, you, it's priceless. In addition, for young children, uh, the sooner the better they can have the experience of studying an instrument or, or having a music experience. They gain self-confidence, it enhances their motor skills, it, it um, supports their cognitive development and their cognitive fun- functioning, um, comprehension. Um, I also just like to say music teaches students how to learn. They learn how to break something down into smaller bits and then put it back together. And and so there's a discipline in that that applies to every other type of learning. Mm-hmm. The the other, uh, another aspect of music I've always found helpful for me is that it's not only learning on your own, but it's learning in the context of others, particularly in the ensemble experience. Absolutely. The teamwork involved, the cooperation, the discipline of, of how to conduct yourself in, in a group setting it's all great it's all great great well we've got about 30 seconds left so in during your tenure what are you most proud of with the music school of delaware well i'm just proud of the music school of delaware um i think the achieving accreditation was a very major thing for the school and the school was already you know more than 75 years old when that happened and it was long deserved this is just a reflection on the excellence of the faculty and the excellence of the instruction programs. So I am very proud of that and of our commitment to pursuing excellence as an organization. Um, I think that would sum it up. I mean, I'm, I'm proud that we are able to deliver our mission with the guidance of a phenomenal board of directors and in service to remarkable faculty serving the entire community. Great. Well, Kate Ransom, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.